Hey CEO, I have an important question for you today. Are you running your business or is your business running you? If it's time to get your business in order so you can fully step into your role as a confident, in-control CEO, then I want to invite you to this advanced training series that I'm hosting live on May 20th through May 24th. We're calling it the 90 Day CEO Sustainable Success Series. And over these four days, we're gonna break down our research-backed, client-proven process to help you sustainably scale your business without hustling, without overworking, and without burnout. If you've been winging it in your business, hoping that you'll eventually get caught up and telling everyone in your life that when things calm down, you'll be a real functioning human again, this series is especially for you so that you can reclaim your life as you scale up your business. All you have to do is head over to theceocollective.com slash success and sign up. We can't wait to see you there. It's official. We are halfway through 2020. I don't know about you, but maybe you're feeling a sense of relief that this year is halfway over because, whoa, what a crazy ride 2020 has been. In this episode, I want to take you behind the scenes to do a mid-year review. This is one of the most important practices I've put in place to help me stay on track to achieve my goals in my business. And even though 2020 has been a little bit extra, we can continue making progress and have momentum in growing our businesses. Are you ready to grow from solopreneur to CEO? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Rachel Cook, and I spent the last decade helping women entrepreneurs start and scale service-based businesses. If you're looking to build a sustainable business, it's time to put the strategy, systems, and support in place to make it happen. Join me every week for candid conversations about stepping into your role as CEO, the hard lessons learned along the way, and practical, profitable strategies to grow a sustainable business without the hustle and burnout. I know that we have all been feeling collectively like, wow, I thought 2020 was seriously going to be the best year ever, the best decade ever. And suddenly we have just been inundated with change after change after change, challenge after challenge after challenge. And it's enough to have anybody wondering, how do we continue moving forward as entrepreneurs and small business owners? Well, today I want to take you through my mid-year review process. And this is so crucially important because I know it is hard to be a business owner these days. I know that it can feel like we can't really plan, things are changing constantly, but if we aren't taking the time to really check in on our business and to see where we are and where we can go, it is going to make it even harder when suddenly Things are slower in the summer, as they usually are in the summer, and then we get to September and everybody's in a mad dash, panic-stricken, trying to get their business profitable and back on track in the last few months of the year. What I do know is that we are still in for quite a ride. (laughs) This is not over. the civil rights movement is not over. Black Lives Matter movement is not over. Uh, COVID is not over. Chances are we will continue to see more change. We will continue to see more uncertainty. But if we take the time to press pause in our businesses and look at what we can control, 
what we can actually do, what we can stay focused on, we'll be able to continue seeing our business get some momentum going and continue to stay on track with our bigger picture goals. Does it mean we'll have to adapt and change? Of course, we will absolutely have to adapt and change. So today, as we go through this mid-year review, I'll be sharing things that have been happening for me and how I have been adapting and changing. By the way, if you want to do this mid-year review process, I've put it all together in a workbook for you. So head over to the show notes, rachelcook.com show, and you will be able to download this workbook so that you can do this mid-year review process on your own. The first thing that I do in this mid-year review process is I actually want to check in with the goals that I initially set at the beginning of the year. Now, if you've been using my CEO planner, then you have your goals written in some of the first pages on page four of your CEO planner. It's a big part of the planner. We have our goals written down for the year and then for the next 90 days. By the way, if you don't have a planner, they're available. Go get yourself one. But I actually flipped open the last um, two quarters of planners. It's a 90-day planner, so I have two quarters here that I was using as I went through this review. And I recommend, as you're going through this review, pull out your planner, pull out your notebook, pull out your calendar. All of those things will be helpful as you're reviewing what has been going on in your business for the last six months. So I want you to write down what were the initial goals you set for yourself this year, and then ask yourself, did you achieve this goal? Why or why not? And make sure you're making a note of what has happened in your business in relation to the goals that you have set for your business. So let's take a look at the goals that I set this year because things have changed and things have adapted. So my first goal was to record 52 episodes of Promote Yourself to CEO for the entire year, which means in the first six months, I really needed to have 26 episodes recorded or 26 episodes published. I'm going to stick with episodes published over episodes recorded because I've actually been repurposing quite a bit of content. Those of you who have been listening for a long time, you might have heard an episode or two that came back um, that you heard a year or two ago. And I realized this year more than any other year, I needed to make things easier on myself and recording brand new episodes every single week is a tremendous amount of work. So I decided I was going to repurpose some episodes. And in fact, I would say out of the 28 episodes that were published on the podcast feed, um, about a third of them were republished. So they were older content that we brought up and published again. So I feel like I'm doing really well with that particular goal. And because I have been in podcasting for so long and I've been creating content for so long, I have a lot of things that are still amazing episodes, amazing content in the vault that I can pull forward. I really wanted to share this with you and why I feel so good about this goal and my progress on this goal, because I think for a lot of us, especially right now, when there's so much going on, it can just feel like we're buried in all of the busy work. And there might be an easier, simpler way for you to continue nurturing your audience, continue providing amazing value without having to create everything from scratch each and every time. So if you've been feeling overwhelmed with your content, 
look back and see if you have some best of content that you could sprinkle in. It would give you a couple weeks, even a month. I have quite a few friends who have been repurposing episodes for two or three months and no one's really noticed. And it's helped them to get the break they need in order to move forward with other, other priorities. So that first goal, I feel like I achieved that goal. I feel like I gave myself a little bit of a break by deciding to repurpose some content. And moving forward, we have another, you know, 26 episodes to publish through the rest of the year. And I'll probably still have about a third of that content being republished content. Now, my second big goal for 2020 was around visibility. Attract marketing, getting out there in front of new potential um, clients, people who don't know who I am, is really, really important. And this year, I have ramped this up. I wanted 52 visibility opportunities. And when I say visibility opportunities, what I'm specifically looking for in my business was opportunities to be in the media, opportunities to be interviewed on podcasts, um, interviews for traditional media, for different websites, And so to do this, because this is such a big task to land 52 visibility opportunities, I've actually hired two different teams to help me with this this year. So at the end of last year, I hired Super Connector Media with uh, Chris Winfield and his team, and they have been absolutely amazing. I did a six-month program with them, and they landed me over 38 pieces of media, major media coverage, getting featured on um, Virginia This Morning, getting featured on Money, getting featured um, on Fast Company and Inc. Like they really, every single thing that I wanted, I had a dream list of media I would love to get. They were able to go out there and pitch me for that and get it. I learned so much watching them pitch because they actually shared with me everywhere they were pitching, the topics they were pitching. And it was just amazing to see how much work it took to land that much media. It was a tremendous amount of work and it was a big investment to work with them. But I felt really good about it because I knew that at the stage I was in in my business, I needed to get that next level media credibility in order to get the next level results that I'm looking for. So that was one team that I worked with. Our agreement wrapped up, um, I believe in May, and I felt really solid about working with them and the results that they got for me. And obviously 38 pieces of media in six months is a huge win. That was over half of the visibility opportunities I'm looking for for the year, but I also know that where I am in my business, this is such a huge priority that I didn't want to slow down the momentum. So I hired Angie Trueblood, who has been on Promote Yourself to CEO. She specializes in pitching entrepreneurs and thought leaders to be a podcast guest on other people's podcasts. And since she has started working with me, she kind of started working right when I wrapped up with Super Connector Media, we've already been seeing things coming in and getting booked really, really quickly. So that all has been just phenomenal. By the end of June, between January, beginning of January and the end of June, I had already hit my 52 visibility opportunities that I was looking for for the entire year. A lot of them came from Super Connector Media. Some of them have already been starting from Angie. Most of them are just getting booked now through the summer. And then a good number of them just came from my 
my network here. I had the opportunity to speak for RebelCon again. I had the opportunity to be on my friend Nikki Nash's podcast. Like a lot of those type of visibility opportunities continue to come to me because I have built so many relationships in the industry. But a lot of it this time, this is the first year I've had so much come from being really proactive in pitching. I'll be the first to say, I am a lazy pitcher. I tend to lean on my network and let opportunities come to me more than actively go out and get them. But I'm feeling really, really good about this. This is the first time in a while that I have had such a big push to go out there and and grow my visibility. So that goal, I feel like not only am I on track, but we've exceeded my initial goal for the year. So I've actually increased my goal. I would love to wrap the year and have 100 visibility opportunities. That's basically doing what we just did again, but this time really focusing in on podcast interviews because that is where I always see amazing, amazing results. I see amazing results when I speak on a stage or when I'm interviewed on a podcast. So that was really great for me. I I felt solid about that. And because I had given myself a little permission with my other goal on my own podcast to repurpose some content, I was able to kind of keep up with all of these media requests that were coming in. Now, my next goal is related to the CEO retreat. I have a goal that I wanted to host four quarterly CEO retreats for 2020. We host one in March, June, September, and December, the few weeks before the next quarter starts. Now, if you listened to my quarterly review, my Q1 review, then you know that wow, we really had to pivot fast in March because we were getting ready to have an in-person CEO retreat and then COVID started coming into the US and we had to pivot and take everything online literally just within a week of shutdown starting in the rest of the country. So we had to make some calls on what we were gonna do for the coming CEO retreats. And as I kind of watched how things have been unfolding and how things have been happening, not just in the US, but I've been reading the news in Europe, I've been reading the news in Asia, I've been reading the news in Australia, like seeing how this is you know, going around the rest of the world and what they're doing to slow this and how it's impacting businesses. I realized that this is gonna be a long time of not really being able to do an in-person event with 50 people in a room, especially when you have people flying in to meet you. So we made the decision to one, not sign any more contracts. Um, At the time that we had to pivot to virtual, we had another contract sitting on our desk about signing um, for all the spaces we rent, everything that we have to get in place to host an in-person event. And I just decided, you know what, I'm gonna wait and see what happens here. And I'm so glad that I did because within a few weeks we discovered like the hotel was not gonna be opening for quite a while. And right now I'm not interested in signing a contract when I don't exactly know when it will be safe or when people will honestly just feel comfortable traveling for a retreat. So we made the call that all the retreats for the rest of the year will be virtual. And in that call, in making that decision, I had to think for a minute about, okay, how do I want this to happen? How do I how do I need to change and pivot this? So our March retreat, we ended up having two virtual retreats, two Fridays in a row, because the in-person retreat became virtual. The virtual one was already on the calendar. But in June, we decided instead of 
trying to stress ourselves out too much with a big promotion. We just wanted to make it super, super easy for everybody. We actually simplified quite a lot. Um, we decided to make it really affordable for everybody to come and attend the virtual retreat. And because we were still navigating things like getting planners printed and workbooks printed, like all of these other places that we source uh, materials from, not all of them were open. Our printer wasn't available to print workbooks. We were like, okay, how are we going to ship stuff out? So we decided to press pause until we could get answers on all of those extra things and just keep it really simple with our June retreat. Now that we know how things are going and our suppliers have had a chance to kind of get their own ducks in a row again, we know that going into the second half of the year, we'll be able to continue shipping out our fun little bundles and making it a really great virtual experience with some things coming in the mail to people. So I feel really good about the first half of the year with the CEO retreats. I feel like we had amazing conversations. We've had so many amazing CEOs who have just come back to us again and again saying, thank you so much for holding the space for me to figure out what my next steps are going to be. Um, And it really has reinforced to me the importance of planning, even if it feels hard to imagine like what will happen six months from now, 90 days from now, even a month from now, when you have a basic plan in place, it does make it easier to at least show up each day and feel like you're intentionally moving your business forward. So I feel like that goal to um, end the year with 200 people having attended a CEO retreat, we can still hit that, no problem. Now our next goal that I have, on my, on my calendar for 2020 was to launch the CEO collective and get 25 founding members. And we did a great job with that. I felt like it was a hard launch. I mentioned a little bit about it in the quarterly review, um, because we did move forward with doing that launch really within the first month of COVID happening and all the stay at home orders. And it's been a little interesting to figure out how do we need to pivot and adapt, um, our messaging how we need to show up during this time, how do we um, adapt to the needs of our clients and and change up the program based on what we're seeing with everybody. So with a few adjustments, I feel like we will be able to achieve our overall goal for the year, which is 200 people attending a CEO retreat. One of the four that we're gonna be hosting um, is totally doable. It just means we had to adapt and adjust our delivery and some of the things that we like to do to make sure it's still a great experience. The next goal that I had was launching the CEO Collective. And I shared in the Q1 review that it was pretty intense trying to launch something in March at the beginning of all this stay at home, um, how we had to pivot our launch just a little bit by adding in, we did a live event called Create Your Coronavirus Contingency Plan, literally the first week that it was even hitting our news and people were starting to stay home. And that was a bit of a wild, wild, wild ride. But I absolutely loved it. We have some amazing, amazing women entrepreneurs in the CEO Collective. And now that we've had a chance to really get to know them and work with them through the last three months and some of the newer members um, right now, I feel really good about going into the second half of the year um, with an amazing experience and support system in place to help them continue growing their business no matter what else 2020 is going to throw at us. 
Now the final big goal is actually a goal I had to let go of. Oh, it was so hard. So my final big goal was to enroll 10 to 12 members into the CEO Accelerator. And this is my higher end mastermind program. These women actually fly into Richmond to spend time with me three times um, for three different retreats all around the CEO retreat. They spend two additional days with me. Usually we kind of hang out at the Broad, which was my favorite co-working space here in Richmond, Virginia. And we take over the Broad for a few days of masterminding and planning and implementing their plans. But I was coming up on the end of my last group. They were amazing. Um, Sadly, we couldn't have our last retreat in person. We had to have our last retreat virtually in March. Um, But I was gearing up to enroll that again. And I was kind of feeling hesitant about it, but I also felt like I just need to do this because I just need to keep moving forward with the plan until I know any differently. And the biggest question I had from anybody who was accepted into the accelerator was, well, what if we can't travel? What if we can't do the retreats? Um, Because while we can deliver an amazing experience virtually, there's magic that happens when you can attend a retreat in person. And I totally got it. I totally understood. So honestly, we decided to put a pin in the CEO Accelerator until we know more information. And the women who I had accepted already, um, we just converted them into some one-on-one six-month mentorship and consulting with me. And I felt really, really good about that decision because I know I hate uncertainty and signing up for something when you don't really know what's going to happen is a little... Um, a little hard, especially when it's such a big investment of your time and your energy and your money to invest in something like the accelerator. And yeah, that was a big one for me to say, you know what, this isn't working the way I'd wanted it to. I think we just need to put a pin in it until we have more information. But we adapted and adjusted, offered a one-on-one option for the women who had already been accepted. And that is actually going to give me more time over the next six months to continue focusing on the CEO collective and continue building up that program. So I feel like in some ways um, it was a blessing in disguise. And honestly, the timing of it all worked out because at the same time that I decided to um, put a pin in the CEO accelerator, I was able to qualify and receive funding from the EIDL, um, the Economic Impact Disaster Loan. And that was such a relief for me overall. And anybody else who also qualified for the Paycheck Protection Program or the Economic Impact Disaster Loan, just knowing that you know we don't really know how the rest of this year is gonna shake out and knowing that you have money sitting there just in case is such a relief, such a relief. So overall, I feel really good about our goals. There were some goals that we did we have been doing amazing with, especially on the visibility side. Now, overall, I'm really looking for the sales to continue coming in. That's the area that has dipped a little bit since we decided not to move forward with the CEO accelerator. And sales right now have been kind of like, you know, a moving target, a little bit unpredictable compared to years past. So overall, um, I feel like the first half of 2020 I've been feeling pretty good about how we are tracking towards our goals. And in fact, all of these goals, um, I feel like we've been able to adapt and adjust in order to meet whatever 2020 is going to throw at us. And when I started looking at the revenue, I realized, oh, we're actually trending 
40% above last year's January through June. That is awesome. Just knowing that we are um, at 140% of last year feels great. That is a great rate of growth. I, At this stage in my business, growing too rapidly um, could be really stressful, but we've grown at a really sustainable rate despite COVID, <laughs> which is good. So I feel good about all of those things. And I encourage you when you're going through the worksheet, again, go to rachelcook.com slash show and download the worksheet and check in with your goals and ask yourself, did I achieve the goal? Why or why not? Take note of what's been going on. This is really valuable information that will help you to make better decisions moving forward. The next part is to do a monthly review. Now, when I sit down for a monthly review, this is a good time to pull out all of your um, marketing platforms. So your email marketing system is a good one to look at. Your social media is a good one to look at. It's a good time to pull out your bookkeeping or your payment processing because we actually wanna go down and look month by month what has been happening each month. And that way we have clarity on where our attention has been. You know, if we can go back and look at where our attention has been, we can predict where we should put our attention in order to get the results that we want. So each month, I'm asking myself three questions. First, what was the total monthly revenue? What money was actually collected that month? And I'm using the money collected, not money promised. So what I mean by that is if somebody, um, signed an agreement with you and they're on a payment plan, only count your total cash in hand, money that's actually been transferred over, that they've actually paid, not what you anticipate them paying. Once I ask myself what was my total monthly revenue each month, I'm gonna figure out what drove revenue that month. What was I focused on selling? What was I focused on promoting? If you weren't sure, this is why I like to go back into my email marketing system or my social media. I wanna go back and look and see how did I get those sales? Where did they come from? And then I wanna look at where was I focused? Where was your sales and marketing energy directed? Where was that time and energy spent? So this might be a little different from the first uh, or the second question, what drove revenue? Because sometimes you'll have something that's bringing in revenue, but it's not the thing that you're actively promoting. Um, Sometimes you'll have something that you promoted a month ago and now you're getting paid again for it and it's making up most of your revenue. Or maybe you got a bunch of clients from referrals while also doing a different promotion to your email list. Things like that happen. So I like to have an idea, a glance at what is my total monthly revenue, what drove revenue, so what product, program, or service um, sold that month, and where was I focused with my marketing and sales energy. This is really, really important because now that we know the revenue that is coming in, now that we know the revenue that we've collected, and we can see the correlation between revenue that we've collected and where we're putting our time and energy and effort, we can figure out like, is this working the way I wanted it to? Sometimes when I go through this process with different clients, they'll realize in the process that one of the reasons they're not seeing the revenue that they wanted was because maybe they weren't promoting often enough. I tend to see this with women entrepreneurs a lot. 
um, we tend to, in general, this is a generalization, but women tend to shy away from selling too much because they don't want to appear annoying or bothersome to their audience or their email list. But if we're not selling something on a consistent basis, then we're not going to be in business very long. So we have to actually ask ourselves, like, are we putting something out there, an offer out there consistently? If you are looking over your last six months and realize that you were promoting things, but they weren't getting results, then we can start to do the investigative work to figure out why it wasn't getting results. Sometimes we will see that um, one product, program, or service produced a lot more revenue, and another one is not producing at the rate that you had hoped it would be. And so we have to ask ourselves, okay, is this program just not producing the revenue I want it to because it's not a fit or I didn't promote it enough or the marketing isn't in alignment with what my clients need to hear? We want to start asking ourselves these types of questions. So I'm going to look through each month and ask myself again, what is a total revenue what drove revenue, so what product, program, or service was selling that month, and what was my focus? What was I promoting? What was I marketing? Where was my time and energy spent? Some big things for me to note as I looked at this um, last six months personally was that I have been marketing or selling something pretty consistently every single month, Um, but what jumps out at me is that in January, This was the first January in 10 years I did not have a big launch. Usually in January, I have a pretty big launch of an online course I was running, but since I'm no longer running that course, it's now only a part of the CEO Collective. Um, January was a smaller month than I am used to, but that's okay, it's all okay. I ended up, like I said, 40% over what we did the same period of time last year. So I felt really good about that overall. So once you do your month by month review, digging in, looking at all the all the data that you can gather, then we need to do our year to date review for the first six months, January through June. There's some key questions that we need to ask ourselves to figure out if you're on or off track to achieve the big goals that you set for 2020 and to help us make sure that we know what we need to know in order to adjust and adapt our 2020 plan. So the first question I ask myself is, what has worked so far in 2020? Um, What offerings have been the most profitable? What marketing strategies produced the best results? Are there anything else that you did that is really working for you in your business? So when you look over the last six months, you really wanna pay attention to what is working for you. What is working for us? behind the scenes in this business has been me hiring more help. Me reaching out and hiring a PR team um, with Super Connector Media, me hiring Angie Trueblood to help me pitch for podcasts, me hiring, um, we hired an additional customer service team member, customer success um, team member, Mackenzie, if you've emailed us at all, you might've talked to her. Um, All of those things have really been amazing to continue making sure that we can move forward without me being overwhelmed with all the work that I was trying to do myself. So that felt really like a huge win for us. What also worked was launching during a pandemic. It was intense, but it worked. And we have some great clients who came in from that. 
The next question we want to ask ourselves is what flopped so far in 2020? So what didn't work out so well? What didn't sell? What marketing strategies didn't work? We want to do a little bit of like a post-mortem review of any campaigns or promotions that you've done. We do this every single launch. We go back and look at why did this or didn't this work? Actually, the last enrollment for um, the CEO Collective was lower than I had wanted to do. We did an end of June enrollment and we didn't have as many people join as I had wanted, but I kind of knew that that was going to happen. And I know that I wouldn't say it was a flop. We had great people join us, but I also have been really, really tired and a bit depleted after everything. So I knew that I was kind of dragging myself across the finish line in that one. So that's okay. Now I know moving forward, I need to make sure that I'm like energetically 100% there. The next question is what got in your way? This is such an important question because sometimes things happen, you know, things happen that hold us back from seeing the results that we wanted. So COVID, obviously this has gotten in a lot of our way. Having the kids at home, um, this has gotten in a lot of our way. And I think this is important to actually sit down and document because we need to make a plan for how those things are not going to get in our way moving forward. For me, having my kids home, not at school since March, um, I realized how much harder it was getting for me to work from home. So I made the decision to get an office space and it is the best decision ever. Best decision by far, because I can't let that get in the way of me running my business, especially as the sole breadwinner for my family. So know what is getting in your way, whether it's a bad habit or getting distracted or you know, needing to get support, whatever is holding you back from showing up and doing your best work, you need to make a list of what is getting in your way so we can figure out how to get it out of your way. Okay, the next question here is, what is your leading metric that drives revenue? The leading metric predicts the lagging metric. Leading metric for me is going to be email email subscribers. The lagging metric is going to be revenue. So the leading metric predicts the lagging metric. In my business, the way that it's designed, the way that I market, the way that I sell, it's primarily going to be email list subscribers who go to my website, find the opt-in for the CEO date checklist or something similar to that. And I track how many people are signing up to my email list. Now in other businesses, this could be referrals. So referral people coming in, repeat customers, requests for consults, requests for proposals. Um, There's a lot of different leading metrics depending on how your business is designed, how you sell, what your offers are. So just think about what can I track that can indicate or predict sales down the road? Because knowing this, will help you to stay more consistent in making sure that that activity that needs to be happening is happening. So when I first started my business, my leading metric had nothing to do with email list subscribers, but it had everything to do with how many free consults I was booking each and every week. And I knew that if I needed a new client every week, then I had to book six consultations. I knew that I would probably have about four of those actually show up because 
people cancel or don't show. It's just something that happens. It's no big deal. But I knew that I needed six consults booked in order to see four people in order to have a new client at the end of the week when I was getting started. So understanding those numbers can make it so much easier. It can have a huge impact on helping you track whether or not you're going to hit your goal. The final question here in this review is what will help you close the gap between where you are right now and your big goal for 2020? So as you're looking at things like your goal revenue, as you're looking at the different goals you might have set for yourself at the beginning of the year, whether it's how many clients you wanted, how many podcasts you were going to produce, whatever that is, we want to close that gap. We want to figure out what does that gap look like? How many clients do I need to get in order to close that revenue gap? How many podcasts do I need to record in order to say that I had a weekly podcast? So if we're looking at revenue, let's say that your goal revenue for 2020 was to earn $5,000 a month or $60,000 a year. Totally achievable goal, right? What you wanna be looking at right now is at this point, if you're listening, looking back from January to June, are you halfway at the end of June, are you halfway to achieving that goal? Did you already make $30,000 this year? Have you generated that yet? Now, if you're a little bit under that, then you wanna ask yourself, what will help you close that gap between where you are and where you should be? So maybe you didn't hit 30K for the first half of the year, maybe you're at 25,000. Well, we need to pick up an extra $5,000 in order to hit your total revenue goal. Maybe that means you need to sign on to new clients in order to get back on track. Maybe it means you need to put together a promotion to run during the summer months to make sure that you don't fall behind on your revenue goals. But you just want to think for a few minutes, like, what do I need to do if I'm 5,000 or 10,000 behind my goal? How can I close that gap? Can I close that gap and make up that missed revenue? If that's you, I just want to let you know, like, this happens to everyone. Um, Goals when it comes to revenue forecasts are not set in stone. Like, we don't always hit the exact amount of revenue we wanted um, for a period of time. So if you are under, don't make it mean anything about you. I can tell you after years of launching things and running this business, there are plenty of times where I've launched something and it didn't achieve the revenue goal that I wanted. So I would follow up that promotion with, a one-on-one offer to close the gap or with a smaller offer to get people to buy something else, there's a million ways that you can go out there and bring in additional revenue. You just have to sit down and know what your number is that you're going for and figure it out. Figure out how to be resilient and how to get back on track as quickly as possible. If you have a gap between where you are currently and where you want to do, where you want to be, sit down and just brainstorm brainstorm all the different ways you could close that revenue gap. Now, once you've figured out your year-to-date review, you've looked over, you know, learned the lessons from the first six months of 2020, you've asked yourself what worked, what didn't work, what got in your way, so you can avoid making those mistakes and you can plan for them, then we can start looking at the second half of 2020. So as we start looking at the second half of 2020, 
We really want to make sure that, again, we're not repeating any mistakes. If something held us back, we're coming up with a solution so that thing is not holding us back anymore. And we're focusing our time and energy on the things that actually work for you and your business, on the marketing strategies that work for you and your business, on the uh, sales strategies that really work for your business, selling the offers, the products, programs, or services that you know people actively want. And one thing I really want you to think about as you're planning the second half of 2020 is you don't have to recreate the wheel. If something worked in the first six months of 2020, it will probably work again. And I see a lot of people who add unnecessary stress because they're constantly trying new things instead of thinking, oh, I launched this program in February and it did okay. I could probably launch it again later on this year. If you watch my business, you'll see that I offer the same programs over and over and over again. Every quarter, we are having a CEO retreat. Every quarter, we will be enrolling for the CEO Collective. And each time we launch things, I'm not writing sales pages from scratch. I'm not coming up with all new emails every time. I tweak them, I edit them a little bit, but we want to optimize what we have and continue promoting the things that we have. This is how you make them bigger. This is how you capitalize on all the time and energy that you've put into creating something. So there's no reason to recreate the wheel. If you had something that sold, you can sell it again. You can put it out there again and continue getting results with it. So each month, I want you to sit down with your with your planner here that we've given you. Again, go to rachelcook.com show so that you can download the mid-year review and create the plan for the second half of 2020. The first thing you wanna ask yourself for each month is, what am I selling this month? Is there a product, a program, or service that I'm focused on selling? Each and every month, you should know where your time and energy is going to be spent. We wanna know exactly what you're focused on selling so that you can put all of your energy behind it and really make sure you're getting the biggest impact with the least amount of effort. So if you look out at July through December, What programs are you selling which months? Go ahead and plug them in so that you can create a plan for that. For example, we know that the CEO retreat, the next one is coming up in September. It'll be September 18th. So we are going to be actively promoting it in August. We will be actively promoting the CEO retreat in August. So I'll plug that in. How am I inviting people into the CEO retreat? We'll be running a big promotion then. In fact, we'll be doing the Fired Up and Focus Challenge back by popular demand. So stay tuned for more information about the Fired Up and Focus Challenge. And the same thing with the next CEO retreat. We will run that again in December. December 3rd is the date for the final CEO retreat of the year. So we will be running another challenge, the Plan Your Best Year Ever Challenge in November to fill the December CEO retreat. So I plug all these things in so that I have clarity on what we are selling. And this kind of answers the next question. How are you marketing that offering? So how are you marketing this? Um, How are you getting it in front of people? So how are you attracting, engaging, and nurturing potential clients for those offers? So a great example is the Plan Your Best Year Ever Challenge. If you participated in the Plan Your Best Year Ever Challenge, we run this starting in November and really leave it evergreen for a while. Um, 
we know that every year people start to think about planning before the year is out as you should. So we already know we will be running that in November. We will be putting it on evergreen for December and we'll probably leave it up through January. And that is a huge success for my business. It's a great way to attract people into my community. We send out information on the podcast. We do Facebook ads. We get them to sign up for the challenge. Then they get a lot of content from us. This is a great way to market any particular offering is running a challenge. In fact, challenges are one of my favorite ways to market any offering. So that's what we'll be plugging into our 2020 plan. Fired Up and Focus Challenge in August, plan your best year ever challenge in November. And then finally, how will you plan to invite people? How will you sell that offering? How will you actually extend the invitation for people to take the next step and buy from you. So when we run a challenge, the challenge is marketing, but after they've signed up for it, they're going to get an invitation to join us for the next step, which will be joining us for the CEO retreat, joining us for the CEO collective. So they'll get an invitation via email to invite them to join whatever the next offer is. So you want to ask yourself those questions for the next six months. What am I focused on selling? How am I marketing it? How am I selling it? Once you have these things laid out, your year becomes so much easier because you're not doing marketing that's disconnected from your sales strategy, that's disconnected from what you actually want to sell. Everything works together. Everything starts to build upon each other. So we map this out month by month for the rest of the year. So if you have never mapped anything out month by month like this, Um, then you might want to look back into the previous year and figure out what worked, what didn't work, because businesses are seasonal. And if you had something that sold really well last September, it'll probably sell really well this September. So you've got some time to sit down and think about how you can adapt and adjust your overall plan for 2020 to make sure that you can hit your goals. Okay. I hope this is helpful for everyone. If you loved this episode and you want to not only have your plan, but have a tool to help you stay accountable to your plan, then I recommend going and picking up a CEO planner. We made the CEO planner. It's an actual print planner for you to have on your desk because we saw so many people who loved this 90 day planning process that I teach and they wanted a tool to help them stay accountable and stay on track. And the CEO planner is designed to really help with that self accountability. So head over to rachelcook.com slash CEO dash planner. I'll put the link in the show notes too, but head over there and grab yourself a planner. It's only $35. I promise it is a tool that will make a huge difference in your productivity and your focus and on you staying on top of the highest impact activities in your business. If you like this episode, please don't forget to subscribe. I have more episodes, new episodes coming out. Next week, we're going to be talking about creating your next normal and how to make sure that any of the challenges or obstacles that have gotten in your way the last six months aren't going to continue getting in your way. We need to talk about that. We need to make a plan. So make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts so that you can get all of the upcoming episodes. Thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week.